You've found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. Catch John and Ed as they broadcast live weekly, and join the conversation. Go to RadioTFI.com for schedules, information, and more. And now, enjoy the show. You found the Taxi Stand Hour. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. On Radio TFI. Join the conversation. You can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428, on Twitter, at Taxi Standard. From a payphone, call collect. My fellow Americans, our long national nightmare is over. And good morning, everybody. There I am. How are you doing? Thanks for joining us here. You are listening to the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI and on the Radio TFI streaming network. It is, boy, what is it? It is already the 10th of July. July 10th, 2022. The year of our Lord. And, once again, as always, from the ShlettaMakesMeLaugh.com studio in St. Paul, Minnesota, I'm John Shannon. Over there, yeah, over there, way over there in Queens, New York, in the Radio TFI Executive Tower, it is the one and only Ed Van Ness. Good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens. We trust you've had a fun-filled and fantastic week. Everything has gone the way you would have liked it to go. By the way, John, we are in beautiful East Elmhurst, Queens. Uh, we are directly in the flight path of LaGuardia Airport. That's no joke. And uh, LaGuardia Airport is about to change their flight pattern so as not to interfere with the Radio TFI Executive Tower. More details on that as we make them up. Uh, how are you this week, <laughs> young man? I'm, I'm just fine. I, it's, it's been a uh, slightly productive week. Didn't do a whole lot this week in the uh, in my line of work as I I have come to discover uh-huh. that July Fourth is one of those uh, holidays where especially if it's on a if it falls on a Monday or a Tuesday or heaven forbid on the weekend yikes people t- people take and take their little vacations before oh sure the holiday sure and after. The holiday. The worst part is when uh, something like this or Christmas uh, falls on a Wednesday, because you can just pretty much write off the whole week. You blow off the whole week, exactly. Yeah. And when when your line of work uh, relies on people, doctors, office, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could uh, if I was <clears throat> the whole. Let's take a bunch of people to the airport gig. Eh, maybe so. Mm-hmm. I'm not. That's not my. That is. Uh, just not my line of work anymore. I'm. Uh, for one thing, people. You can always tell the difference between business travelers and tourists. People, uh, people who are true are traveling for pleasure. 
they pack everything but the freaking kitchen sink. And I wouldn't be two people. And I wouldn't be so sure about that either. Yeah, you think that kitchen sink might be in there some? Uh, I'm huh? I'm confident. I'm confident. And yes, business travelers bring bring as little as possible. They want to fly off that plane. Uh, speaking of which, which has nothing to do with anything, are you ready to officially start the show? Oh, absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. I should probably hit the sound as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's the Radio TFI Market Watch brought to you by Midweek Holidays. Uber closed the week uh, at 2334, up an even dollar. Lyft closed the week at 1340, down eight cents. Tesla closed the week at 70, 752.29. Up $70.50. This has been the Radio TFI Market Watch. Thank you. <laughs> and in a shocking, shocking development, Elon Musk decided he wasn't going to buy Twitter. Show of hands if you didn't see that one coming. Oh, you know it. But the beauty of it is, the beauty of it is, is that Twitter is still telling him, hey, you know what? You're still going to owe us a little money uh, for backing out. You know, you, you agreed to this and blah, blah, blah. Uh, before we get delve into too many other things, let's, it's almost, excuse me, it's been a week since 4th of July, or actually, uh, six days, and of course we weren't on the air on Monday, so, uh, we haven't had a chance to, you know, talk about, talk about Highland Park, uh, no. And it almost seems like it's almost out of the news cycle already. Seven people died, and they started burying people, uh, having funerals yesterday. And I believe today there's going to be some. Uh, look, they caught the guy. I, 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 he made it to Wisconsin, and you know, there's a joke I like to tell people. I like to say to people, and I'm teasing with them. I'll say to them, uh, you know, you almost got beat up today. Oh, really? I said, yeah, but I changed my mind. He went to Wisconsin, and he was going to open fire on another uh, another Fourth of July parade, and he, he literally changed his mind. Um, he came back. I have, I have friends in Madison. Who uh, uh, this first thing came to mind when when he said that? Uh, uh, did he come back? Did he come back to Illinois? Yes, where he where he was caught. Okay. Yes, yes. And remember when he was caught? Uh, the phrase from the police "Do us a favor" uh, was used, as opposed to the young man in Akron, Ohio who, for a traffic violation, uh, took 60 bullets. Jesus, yes, I, I saw that. that. Took 60 bullets. So what if he ran? You, did, don't you think? Meanwhile, you got a guy who just literally opened fire on a group of Americans celebrating our independence. And it's, do me a favor, did you stop and get him something to eat on the way? But, of course, you know the difference between these two 
Yeah, we don't have to draw that picture. No, no, we don't. And uh, so this this will bring us back to a, a lot has been said over the past six days, and we don't need to rehash. But one of the things that uh, you know, there's a couple of things that that, that I came across. Uh, I'd I'd like to point out a couple of tweets. Uh, this from uh, Stembot at Stembot seventy seven. Theoretically, a good guy or girl with a gun could stop a shooting, but it would require the good guy to react immediately to a complete surprise, have the shooter clearly in his sights, and have the fortitude and skill to put him down without hitting anyone else. Unlikely, and I agree with that. I, I've always wondered oh. about that. I mean, yes, it's nice. It's nice if you have the good guy with the gun there, but are they ready to 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 act? Are they ready to do it? Remember, the shooter's already gotten shots off. You just being there clearly has not. Look at look at (laughs) look at Uvalde here. Cops can shoot. This is from uh, at Antifa operative. Cops can shoot 60 rounds into a black man over a traffic violation, but they can't stop a school shooter from slaughtering 19 kids. I, I, I mean, you, can, you can't. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to go into a whole cop thing here, but having a gun there does not mean you're necessarily going to stop somebody. And if I've got an automatic weapon of war that can spew out X amount of rounds per second. What what are you going to do with that pea shooter on your hip? Oh, you might get one or two shots off, but like the other person said, can you uh do you have the balls to do it? Do you can you put can you aim that right at right at my noggin? And by the way, just as a side note getting back to the young man in Akron, why couldn't they shoot for his legs? Aim for his legs. Yeah, I mean, exactly. On top of that, they knew who he was. They had his car and all that. So, you know, what's... You'll catch him later. Yeah, he posed absolutely no danger. Mm -mm. No. Absolutely none. Excuse me. I've got one more here. Uh, Speaking of the AK-15s and whatever the hell they are, AK-47s and uh, AR-15s, uh, somebody wrote a letter to the editor. Uh, Perhaps now is the time for all patriotic Americans who own assault weapons to donate to them to Ukrainian soldiers. Ship them off to Ukraine. They could use them. You're not doing anything with them except uh, walking around with a with a, with a pup tent in your pants. Look at me. I got a, I got a big old gun. And what? What are you going to do with it? You're going to climb into a bell tower? You're going to climb onto the fourth store? You're going to go shoot some little kids up? Police. You don't need these weapons. There's no need for it. You're not target shooting with this. You're certainly not hunting. Because any real hunter will... T- I mean, just listen to what the doctors have been saying about these uh, the, these victims. They are literally blown to pieces. Some of them can't be identified ex- except for pieces of clothing. So you're not hunting with these things because you'd be blowing it to pieces. Whatever the deer or the moose 
or whatever. Real hunters don't use those kind of weapons. Uh, no. Is no, there a is there a is there a basically shooting, killing, and processing your meat all at the same time? Right. Is there a visceral thrill to having you know that much power and that much you know? Sure, the endorphins are going crazy at that point. Of course, you'd be you know you'd be uh, all sorts of excited. Uh, but 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 then then it quiets down, and what do you got left? You've you've got a thousand empty shells, and uh, what's left of uh, Bambi? You know, maybe a couple of hooves and a and a nose, but you're not hunting with those. Get rid of them. So seriously, send them to Ukraine. They can use them over there. You, uh, this is stupid, and uh, uh, it's not going to be the last time, unfortunately. And Thomas Shaw. We uh we welcome you, sir. Hey, how are no, you, Tom? No, you're right, John. It's not going to be the last time, and I I mean, let's look in Japan. Uh, well, first off, that was a homemade gun. It's sad that former Prime Minister Abe uh, had to die like that. That's a homemade gun. Uh, Japanese do, Japan does not have this kind of issue. Uh, while they will have one death in, in a year from a gun, we will have tens of thousands. And, uh, anyway, we are, 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 are <sighs> and, and somehow Japan manages to be a, a civilized nation. They're, they are, most countries do. Most yeah, countries do. They, right. uh, they, uh, well, you know, keep in mind, look, you got, you got the knuckleheads here or go, oh, it's a mental health issue. Trust me, they got plenty of crazies in Europe and they're not shooting each other up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our, our, correct. Our, our hearts go out to all the fine folks in Highland Park and everywhere else that have been affected by these knuckleheads with guns. And, oh, by the way, and, and, and this, the shooter in Highland Park, who I'm not going to mention his name, no. his father signed off on this uh, to, to help him buy the gun, uh, and he doesn't seem to think that was a bad thing. I say put his ass in jail, too. Oh, I totally agree. At least hold him uh, uh, civilly uh, liable. If you co-sign a loan for me and I default, you're responsible for that loan. Same same thing here. Absolutely. In my uh, well, old Laura Ingram has an opinion on uh, on this whole uh, shooting and what and what is to blame. Let's uh, let's uh, see what she has to say. But instead of selling fear and division, wouldn't it be nice if we all began to focus on solutions? Don't people want solutions? I sense they do. Now, on the mass shooting in Illinois, indications are that Robert Cremo was a regular pot user. Now, one look at him and to the untrained eye, he looks like a complete psychotic. Have you ever seen anyone looking like him? And what can regular pot use trigger in young men in particular? Psychosis and other violent personality changes. Not everyone, but a significant percentage. Wrong, so, Laura. Okay. Wrong. Let's blame the pot. Huh. If we could get Let's every blame weed. Yeah, if we could get everybody on weed, things would calm down 
significantly. I have a tendency to agree. Have you ever smoked pot, John? I have. Okay. Uh, Did it suddenly get you up and running around and you want to (laughs) be... Just well, I don't think I've ever got to the point in my life well, where I've ever wanted to get up and running around, get up running around. But uh, is, is, isn't smoking weed, and especially if you're really into it, isn't it more about finding that? By the way, at that point, everything, every spot is comfortable. You find that spot, and you ain't moving. Oh, exactly. That is. There's no I, down. I, there's no downside to pot. Okay. Except, of course, no, you shouldn't drive. No. Other than that, there's no downside to pot. Laura Ingram is a knucklehead. She's a nitwit. That's Keith Olbermann. He dated her back years ago. Well, I thought he had better taste than that. He thought he did, too. While we're, while we're on that subject, our friend Politics Girl had uh, a little bit of a different opinion. Why don't we uh, listen oh, to you're what getting she right, You're getting right into it today, ain't you? So the Republican talking points were leaked after the Uvalde shooting. They said, stay cool, run out the clock, ignore guns, talk inflation, don't worry, this moment will be over soon. First of all, fuck you. This moment will never be over for the families of the victims or the people who experienced the trauma of mass shootings. You ever heard of a tipping point? This is it. You're not running out the clock this time. We're not stopping and it's not going away. No one else in the civilized, industrialized world has to live like this. Over the last two decades, more school-aged children have died from guns in America than on-duty police officers and active-duty military combined. You can't do your job as a judge, as a doctor, as a fast food worker. You can't break up with your boyfriend or not get along with some guy in your office. You can't be a child in class or fight for a parking spot or make a mistake in traffic. You can't go to a concert or visit a hospital or check out a strawberry festival. You can't do anything in America anymore without fear of gun violence because gun violence is what defines us. So stay as cool as you want, but this moment will not be over soon. We no longer care about your reasoning or excuses. Your thoughts and prayers are hollow and useless. You're bought and paid for, and we don't care if you think it's the time. It's exactly the time. It's been the time for 20 years. There's no other time. The more we wait, the more people die. And we'll no longer sit by while you whitewash and reason and justify the slaughter of American citizens, blaming everything but the policy you created for the carnage. The Democrats pass policy after policy to save lives, and Republicans block those policies. The party of life is the one protecting the instruments of death. We have an election in November, and it's not about inflation. Inflation is a worldwide problem. Guns are an American problem. Voting against the Democrats won't fix inflation, but voting against the Republicans will fix gun violence. There are solutions, and one party wants to find them, and one party wants to run out the clock. So choose wisely, because it's the guns. She ain't kidding. What she said. What she said is right. And by the way, uh, just just as a as an aside here, you're going to hear some more stuff over the next little while. Don't believe for a second. You've got the GQP is blaming Biden for high gas prices. This is what they're hanging on right now is high gas prices. The government has nothing to do with gas prices. Oh, sure, they had a tax here and there. It's the oil companies. And uh, most of those folks are are Republicans. So it's the oil companies that are boosting 
the gas prices. By the way, gas prices have been coming down ever so slowly for the past three weeks or so. You don't hear them talking about that. And, and as, I, as an aside on the aside, isn't it funny how fast they go up, but how slow they come down? Yeah. Uh, you know, I got, in, in, I got into a discussion on uh, Twitter with a uh, with someone who, of course, you know, one of these blame Biden, blame Biden, blame Biden, uh, and wants to somehow still try to find a connection to Hunter Biden. Yes, because because Hunter is in China, and apparently, this country sold uh, some oil reserves over to over uh, uh, to China. And, of course, we're making a big deal about that now. Well, one of the things that struck me about that was, okay, first, first off, I looked and, and I saw what type of oil that they, what kind of crude oil they were sending to China. The American refineries don't want to deal with this. It's called sour crude. And it, I guess, from what I understand, it, it it produces more sulfur as you go to refine it, and America and to do so costs more to produce, makes it hard, makes it more expensive to produce, and the so the uh, the American refineries don't want this, and besides, the refi American refineries have no earthly reason to want to produce more gasoline. They got the oil. They got the oil at their hand. They have no reason to want to produce more gasoline because they're liking this world of $4 and $54 and $85 mm -hmm. a gallon right. of gas. <clears throat> Again, it's not Biden. It's not, it's not the White House. It's not the government, it's the oil companies. And we'd have told you the same thing during the, the Bush era when mm -hmm. gas prices were, you know, off the off the chart back then, too. I mentioned this last week, the night of the uh, of the uh, attack in Iran. Uh, gas prices were up the next day. Why? That 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 fuel was in the ground. It had been delivered. Yeah. It was already there. You didn't have to do one, and boom, prices went up. I could understand a week down the line, but, you know, so, yeah, it, it's... Uh, 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428. That's the, uh, the number if you'd like to get, uh, get a hold of us here, and... Uh, talk about talk about this we got other things we're going to cover uh one thing did you did you happen to see uh biden at all uh what was it yesterday when he signed the executive order basically protecting women uh in the uh in the shadow of what happened in the supreme court uh, I did not. I was tied up with other matters yesterday. Yeah. Well, basically, what he, you know, he, uh, 
he put it out there. He, you know, he's going to make, uh, he's going to put the Justice Department at work, or to work, I guess I should <clears throat> say. He's going to uh, make sure that women can travel from restrictive states to non-restrictive states. You know, the fact that, I, I got to stop you right there, John. The fact that we even have to discuss things like restricting travel. I mean, good God, is this the 1500s? Oh. But you know what? He's been, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. But what, what the good thing about Biden is, is he is, he knows that unchecked, these states would do that. Oh, yeah, there's no question. I think he's being very proactive Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to that. Go ahead. He mentioned the story of a uh, 10-year-old Ohio girl. Yeah, this story's been making the rounds. Of course, we have no details on it, but uh, raped by her uncle, I believe. I don't know how she got pregnant. I just know that because she could not obtain a uh, an abortion in Ohio, she had to travel to Indiana. And thank goodness she was able to tra- to uh, be transported to Indiana to have this done. I'm actually, quite frankly, surprised that Indiana isn't one of those states that's out you know that's outlawing it. But, yeah. uh, hey, it is what it is. You, t- you take a gift where you can. So now you've and, got a t- so now you've got a 10 year old girl who not only is kind of got caught up in the stupidness of all this, but she was also raped as well. Exactly. Yeah. By, lest we forget that. Yeah. Yeah. That's keep that paramount right up there at your frontal lobe. Uh, it's the, she's in this situation because. Whether it was a relative or not, it's really well. That just makes it worse in my eyes. Uh, uh-huh. But but I, I mean to be a ten year old and to have been raped. I mean, I I, I don't even want to. Uh, as we're speaking of the Supreme Court and the Constitution and all that, this which is going to be, I am going to frame this. There was a Twitter discussion. And and uh, somebody somebody made a comment about Boris Johnson and and the Queen, you know, how they run things over there. And at Choice Wandies responded with this. I love this. I mean, your country is told what law, laws are by an unelected council of wizards that try to guess what the ghost of Thomas Jefferson really meant. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and, and on top of that, remember too, we our constitution was written by. I understand we have amendments and all that by people two hundred and seventy some odd years ago who had no clue. I mean, they had Gatling guns at the airports. We know that, but uh, anyway, I just wanted to bring that I want up. To go- I want to go back to uh, Biden's uh, uh, signing the executive order yes. here for one for one moment because I want to mention now it's it's very rarely that I wind up disagreeing 
with the the founder of the ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com studios here in St. Paul, Minnesota. You're going to disagree with me? (laughs) What you, sunshine? (laughs) Not me? I'm confused. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with it. I, uh, Shaletta at the end of her, at the end of her show. Oh, Shaletta. She, yeah, she, she was filling in, uh, and come up with a heated rebuttal on, uh, on Biden about his lack of passion for, uh, this, uh, uh for this deal. When it comes to uh, Roe versus Wade, uh, he look, and she that's as much that is as hard as I have heard him or heard her come down on him about anything. And oh, uh, she she gave it with both barrels. Hmm. And look, I I watched I watched the entire speech. Look, he wasn't, look, he wasn't hellfire and brimstone. If you're looking for somebody who who beats on the lectern and screams like a raving maniac, that was the last guy. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was me. Well, I'm I'm talking about, no, I'm not even going to say that. Don't, don't. It was both of them. Just I'm not going to say. <laughs> I just got to let that one go. You know, sometimes, Sean, that's just the best thing. It's just the best thing. Just, um, just step back and let it go on by. I I just don't. And he did show a little bit of passion. You know, in part of it, how he says, let me repeat that. He wants to drive home that point. Yes, I know he's reading from a teleprompter. You tell me the last president that did not read from a teleprompter. The nitwit before him. He did. Do, he had a teleprompter to to some degree. He went off script quite a bit. More more often than not. But anyway, he he got his point across. The fact remains, no matter what. The fact remains, the only way that this is not going to get worse, forget getting better, but not getting worse, the the Republicans are lining up in lockstep getting ready to make this a national law. Forget state Mm -hmm. by state by state. That's right. Even though the Supreme Court decision said that this was the state's decisions, all of a sudden, these these nut jobs, they feel empowered now, and they are looking. They're they're looking. They're loaded for bear, if you will. And now they want to come. And not only abortion rights. You watch. You watch. You are going to see if the Republicans gain control here, like everybody is talking that they might. You're not just talking about abortion rights. You're going to be talking about. Uh, uh, rights for gays and lesbians. You're going to be tight. Who knows? You might even be talking about things like interracial marriages. Mm-hmm. You never know. You cannot assume that they're going to just do the right thing. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I think in the past few years, uh, I, that, that's, that's become pretty, pretty obvious. 
They've been built. Look, this is what McConnell's Mitch McConnell's been building towards for for twenty thirty years now. He's got his his Supreme Court. That was his thing. He wants to get the court, and uh, he's got it now. He's got it now, and uh, you know there's still a lot of questions surrounding that. And you know Mitch McConnell is a is a douchebag. We all know that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of places. I I I saw a a billboard yesterday. Uh, on my way home, I had to go to New Jersey, and but anyway, when I got back into New York, I was on the highway on the way back, getting close to home. I saw a big, huge pink billboard. No joke. I I don't remember exactly what it said, but uh, the message was uh, New York State, you know, basically protects your right to have an abortion. Big, big, big billboard. Uh, so, look, we we got a big, we got big fights on our hands that that we shouldn't have to have, but. You know, remember the Republican Republicans are not interested in governing; they're interested in power. So keep I'm, that in mind. I'm going to paraphrase a tweet by our friend Chip Franklin. Yes. Um, he Chip lives in California. Yeah, he does. And he put out a tweet, basically reaching out to women who need to come. To his state to get an abortion. You need you need a place to stay. Do you need whatever you need? Reach out. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, a lot of, and a lot of people have been reaching that out. Uh, by the way, just as we're talking about that, I said something last week, and I believe I said it the week before, and now I have the video to prove it. Uh, look, everybody's put put a cape on. Liz Cheney, oh, she's a progressive hero. She's a hero. She's not a hero. In this particular case, with the January 6th committee, she's doing the right thing. Uh, she understands the destination, and she agrees on the route. But, and this was Tuesday, I think she said this. Take a listen, kids. Uh, and that's to make sure that every American understands what today's Democrat Party stands for with respect to babies and with respect to the murder of babies. Uh, we have seen now in states across the country the introduction of legislation uh, that would enable the killing of babies. This is not about abortion. This is about killing babies after they are born. Uh, and it is the face of pure evil. And you've seen the leadership of the Democrat Party here on the Hill remain silent, remain silent while elected leaders, including the governor of Virginia, uh, described in very cold clinical terms uh, how he would, in fact, facilitate the murder of a baby that had already been born. So just remember, okay, she's still a GQP nutbag. She's doing the right thing as far as the January 6th committee goes, but she's still, I, I, I've said this, I, I've said this uh, certainly the past couple of weeks. And this is not a pat on the back for you, Ed, although I will take it. Uh, okay. Her basic, her basic, uh, where she stands on issues has not changed. Not, not one iota. Not one iota. Look, first off, I want to know what she's differentiating. She's talking about killing babies once they're born. Now, I don't know. 
anybody who would agree with killing a baby once it's born. I don't know what she's referring to. I, to she's, my knowledge, she's referring I don't know. to, uh, to my understanding, exactly what you think she's referring to. Kid pops out and somebody's whacking a kid, which makes no sense. There's no rhyme or reason to that because that is actual murder at that point. I agree, and I, I don't. I I want to see proof. Of, I want to see proof of this actually happening. Well, well, good luck with that. I, I, I do. I want to see proof of this because, look, uh, she she's trying to walk, in my opinion, she's trying to walk a fine line here right now. She understands that she's toast uh, when it comes to the Repub- to today's Republican Party. And maybe she's trying to, because nobody's going to accept her as a Democrat. Nobody's well, certainly not now. Her. Uh, well, yeah. Well, no, I don't necessarily uh, totally agree with that, though, because, like I said, I don't care how much of a supporter you are of abortion rights. I don't think anybody, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think anybody should be uh, killing a baby once it's out. Once well, it's of course born. not. Not, not. I don't understand. So I want to know what she's referring to. Yeah, I look, I'm not saying, who knows, there may be some wild exceptions out there where a child is born and uh, it, it's, well, I mean, you've got stillborn babies and all that. Look, there's a lot of ways this can go. When, you know, And you can cherry pick, which without any proof to the contrary, I'm guessing she's cherry picking one particular case out there. And well, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I want to know what Liz Cheney's stand. I mean, because she's come out on on the right, she came out on the right side, in my opinion, at least, when it came to the vac- uh, to vaccines, protecting mm-hmm. ourselves that way. Uh, she is still firmly. Uh, not only is she heading up or the vice chair of the committee, the select committee, but she is also putting it, she's not backing down from the fact that this was a Trump led insurrection. No, but again, John, she, on these particular issues, yes, she has not, not only agreed on the destination, but on the way to get there. But then she turns around and starts talking about Democrats are evil and are killing newborn babies. So, and that's just it. I want. I want to know just what she's talking about. Well, because that to me that's a false accusation, and well, that's not acceptable either. We'll, we'll put our crack team on it, or the team on crack, whoever shows on up. Crack. First. Yeah, there we go. Whoever shows up first. <laughs> All right. What What do we want to talk it, about? Let's make, take a make, uh, you know, make Gilchrist do something. For <laughs> Speaking of Gilchrist, this really has nothing to do with him, but. Uh, Crap. Kills out in the garage. I keep meaning to bring him in, but it's... Uh... You know, I left here for four hours yesterday. I inadvertently left the garage door open, and everything was there when I got back, including my bike. Well, God. I was Congratulations. Shocked. I have a garage door opener that's a, that's more sensitive than you. And uh, I had it in my pocket. Wow. Oh. Well, you didn't see that one coming now, did you? Oh, no. Man. That caught you. It's on. 
That caught you it's off. That, that caught you off guard and off balance. But uh, I put it in my. God, put, I'm glad I'm talking anyway. about wrestling in the second hour. Wrestling. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got wrestling coming up. Uh, your boy uh, Chris Tubbs is coming on with us, right? Yes, exactly. Oh boy, that's that sounds like a 15 minute nap I really need. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't. By, hate, don't by the way, before we get too far, and I guess we could talk about it more an hour too because it's more. Uh, you know what? We'll talk about that. Let's talk about. John went and picked himself a fight on Twitter. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Who? Somebody who, by the way, we think we've encountered before. Yes, exactly. We can't prove it, but we think we've encountered the same ammo. Basically, basically. So if you're listening to us, which I'm sure you are, because you can't get enough of us, uh, you're you're clearly, clearly, uh. You're clearly infatuated with, with John and I, especially John. Uh, by the way, the offer still stands: two hundred and fifty bucks or the jar of coins on my dresser. Uh, but you got to pick it up in person. <laughs> Shit! Cash money, <laughs> cash money. Uh, if you probably, if, probably more than what he's making off his little his little. Uh, uh, DoorDash and, and kids and, <laughs> and, 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 and kids and kittens to understand that reference. Go check out our our Twitter feeds from uh, a couple of days ago. We were in this long John mainly. I I, I kind of stepped in there, but and uh, you'll see all that. Uh, your boy Beto, your boy Beto. Well, by the way, where's the Beto poster for the radio, folks? John is moved. Oh, I forgot to set it back up again. Yeah, John's got a nice... Yeah, I got to put it up there in front of that dog. Yeah, we'll talk picture. about that after the break. But uh, we got a we got a hell of an ad out there for... Look, I want to see Beto win for a change. He's, uh, you know, he's he's gone down swinging the last couple times. He's he's run for any kind of office, but uh, let let let's take a look at at uh, him and uh, Greg Abbott. I signed a law that ensures that the moment that Roe versus Wade is overturned, abortions will be banned in Texas. I'm going to trust you to make your own decisions about your own body, your own health care, your own future. Now, there are no exceptions for rape or for incest. We are going to overcome this and ensure that every Texas woman can make her own decisions about her own body, her own health care, and her own future. We must win on the night of November 8th. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, 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 it pains me. To see things like like a, a, the governor of one of our largest states say abortions will be banned, no exceptions, you are putting many women at risk because there are sometimes medical reasons to to end a pregnancy that have nothing to do with uh, oh it was a one night stand it was a rape it's got nothing to do with that. 
I, and again, I, I, I don't remember all the terminology for this, but there are legit. And trust me, these are in situations where the mother doesn't want that. But it's either uh, the baby goes or they both go. She wouldn't survive, the, you know, she wouldn't survive the pregnancy. So to and to do the no exception thing. You know, that's just barbaric. It's just barbaric. There's there's no no other word that comes to mind, especially in this day and age when we have the technology, we have the knowledge, we have the procedures to be able. It, it's not a pleasant experience for a woman to have to go through that. Not at all. Nobody's saying it is. This isn't a fun time. But sometimes it's a procedure that needs to be done. Sometimes you have to amputate a limb to save the body. Okay? And nobody wants that. Uh, actually a very good comparison. You, you just can't, you know, it's not easy. I had a buddy of mine. I won't even go into the whole story. Uh, he let his diabetes go. He wound up losing a leg. And he never got over that. He just never, never got over losing the leg. He was in his 60s when it happened. And, uh, but yeah, so it's just barbaric what the likes of, uh, of, of Greg Abbott and his, uh, and his ilk are going through here and, uh, or what they're putting out there. It, it, it's just barbaric. And, uh, See, I, hope- I love the, I actually, I, uh, commented there was a, I guess Trump had a, a rally in, um, Alaska yesterday, of all places. By the way, on a side note with this, I uh, I want to tell you, after spending a day in Twitter jail last week over mm-hmm. a, a simple I'd like to punch someone in the snot locker comment. John, you've spent more time in Twitter jail. They have your, you have your own cell, I imagine. I know. I understand that. Well, this is the first time this account has done any time. I was a regular visitor under the last account, but this account, this you know, is the... It's like saying I've been arrested 12 times as Ed Van Ness, but never as John Brown. Yeah, well, whatever, but still. So, I I have really, now, the sad part about it is, is I've built up a little bit of a following here on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I finally figured out how to do it. Hopefully it also gets the show a little bit more exposure and what have you. But, you want me to expose myself? Is Okay, fine. You ask for it. Uh, no. Sure. And thank God I switched screens just as, <laughs> just as you were saying that because I just don't know with you these days. But um, so anyways, there was somebody banging her gums. It was a video put. I didn't want to even, I promised you I wasn't going to get, send any more videos and I wanted to keep my word. So I I responded to it. This was something uh, sent by or put out by uh, Ron Flapowski. Uh, he's, I, I replied to it. Uh, after a while, you just have to realize these people are living in a bizarre world. Best case scenario, personally, I only have about 20 years left to deal with this. It is my children and grandchildren that I truly feel for. 
I hope these generations can dump this trash. And I was really surprised by by the reaction on that. Really surprised. That's the and and the the reach out that I'm getting from people on Twitter here recently is probably the only reason I'm at this point in time keeping the Twitter account other than just for the sake of the show. Uh-huh. I have been spending more time, believe it or not, on truth media here lately. <laughs> social, excuse me. Now, truth social, believe it or not, truth social isn't just a bunch of right-wing wackadoodles over there. There have been other people who have joined, and I have, I don't, I think I follow, like, it's in the teens, both of the number of followers I have and the number of people I'm following. So this is, this is still something relatively new. But I will tell, tell you one thing that I am very uh, happy about. Truth Media does not, uh, they're not, they're, they're not playing the censor tag like they do it at uh, Twitter. Uh, they are, I, uh, Trump put out something, and one of the reasons I like Truth Media is because I Truth get to social. turn around. Truth Social. Truth Social, thank you. One of the things I like about them is the fact that I can, and, and I'm not saying that Trump pays any attention to anything I have to say, but you know what, it still feels good saying it. And so he was talking about his upcoming uh, rally in Alaska, and I, uh, I replied, I heard, I heard that uh, uh, folks there can drop a moose from a hundred yards away, and if I'd have said that on Twitter. How long do you think it had taken before I'd have been went bye bye there? All right, I got a couple of things here. First off, uh, I honestly thought when he went to Alaska, he would just use that as a, you know, because you're not far from Russia at that point. You just well scoot across the uh, the straits there. Second off, uh, now John is is lifting his his giant. Uh, uh, drink there. John, what flavor is the Kool-Aid over there? Excuse me? What flavor? Because you seem to be drinking the Kool-Aid now. You're going to be wearing oh. a you're going to be wearing a Trump's 2024 shirt soon. I can feel it. What? Just because I've decided that hey, if he wants to set up if he wants to set up a platform and doesn't and trust me, there are people that are downright nasty, mm-hmm. right down to the core right. when it comes to replying and dealing with these right-wing <clears throat> wackadoos. Well, let me ask you this. It seems to me that as far as you and Twitter goes, you're going the way of me and Facebook, or Facebook and I. To where I'm going to be the Twitter guy on this show, and you're going to be the faceplant guy on this show. 
the only thing I use Facebook for anymore, basically, is is to talk, for the most part, non-political stuff with uh, friends and, and family. I don't get political on Facebook anymore. I didn't say anything about political. Um, I'm not. The, I'm not not there. I'm not not there. I, I know why you're not there. That's fine. I I, I understand it, uh, and that's your choice. Good. Maybe you can explain it to me someday. Yeah. Well, there's shit. <laughs> Good fucking. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. We've I did not. We adjusted I the just... sensitivity on it. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, I will add. <laughs> yes, sir. No, I look. I look. I first off, Truth Social. You still can't get it on the uh, Android platform. You have to basically go into it via uh, Google Chrome through a browser. Through a browser. And uh, Google Google Chrome is the only browser I use, so yeah, by default. Or you could get an Apple phone. Shit. That day. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. Oh, and I gave you so much credit. Well, now you have but, two uh, credits. No, I've been fined two credits, remember? You've been fined two credits. That is exactly, yeah. that's right. That's two credits less than I have. Moving on. So. Let's talk about Rudy. Fine. Let's talk about Rudy. Oh, jeez. So we've got this clip here. Rudy going on about him not getting a pardon or getting a pardon. This this clip started out as well over a minute. Taking out the uh, the dead silences, I managed to clip about 30 seconds off this. Uh, it sounds like he's coherent and talking straight through, but there were many 10, 15, 10 second gaps while he tried to remember where he was. So, uh, remember, this guy was America's mayor for about 20 minutes. Everybody in Washington, the Washington wants to make me a liar and a crook, and I'm not. But I know I have to protect myself. Now, I could have asked for a pardon for a very good reason. I don't want to get framed. I know I didn't do anything wrong. I know I don't act like they do. I don't lie like Raskin and, and Schiff. I don't take money like Pelosi and Biden and their families. I spent most of my time putting crooks like them in jail. And I've acted honorably all my life. But I know they frame people. I know people they framed. So it would have been perfectly legitimate to ask for a pardon, not because I'm guilty of anything, but because they're going to try real hard to make me guilty of something I didn't do, like they tried to do with President Trump. Rudy, Rudy, <laughs> fresh and fruity. It is, it is a shame that... Well, first off, let's keep in mind, he's been disbarred here in the state of New York, and there might be one or two other places. He uh, he has been caught in so many lies. Rudy, you went to court 60 plus times. Now, in court, you couldn't tell the lies. But boy, oh boy, once you stepped outside, you know, 
That's why you lost 60 plus times. Because you had nothing. You keep screaming about evidence. You and Mike, Mike Lindell, all you got is a box of rocks. Let's, uh, let's be clear on that. And, uh, it's going to be fun to watch, to watch all these senior citizens uh, be perp walked. I hope it happens before I go. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, this, the problem that we're going to wind up having here is that if things don't start, uh, if things don't start happening before too long. Now, I understand this is a long, drawn out process. You can't. You can't just make willy-nilly charges against a even a former president. This all takes time. Now, the last time something like this happened, well, Nixon saw the writing on the walls and skedaddled. And <laughs> exactly, got, he got on out of there, which Trump left a, which left us with Gerald smart. Ford. Well, well, Trump won't let it go. That's the problem. Uh huh. He just won't let it go. He cannot. He cannot admit defeat. And uh, remember, he's never actually conceded the race. Not that oh, that no. matters, but he, he never conceded. So, no, and, you know, no, and, he's get, and he's got his band of merry men who are... Uh, I, I'm dying to hear what Pat Cipollone had to say to the January 6th committee. And uh, I'm enjoying 11 Daylights out of this. I'm just I'm I'm sad I'm going back to work, but I'll I'll figure out a way to, you know, to watch this stuff live. Uh, you know what I well I don't suppose you can. Well, you can get. Uh, I mean, you can download the uh, CNN app to your phone or like now with me, I treated myself hell four or five years ago. I treated well, longer than that now. But anyways, I treated myself to Cirrus uh, XM. Yeah. Well, no, I've got on my cable company, uh, we have an app, and I can watch stuff live. Yeah, but I'm talking about something you can watch while you're sitting in your vehicle. Yeah. I have an app on my tablet. Oh, okay. And by the way, most of the production bands have uh, Sirius. Anyway, so. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we're doing okay for ourselves. Very good to hear. I, I I thought you would be thrilled, just thrilled at that. Well, because you know, that's how. While I'm out on the street, that's how I I uh, keep informed. I mean, you know, Cirrus covers, uh, and I don't just stick with CNN. I go over to MSNBC. I even every once in a while, I'll even go over to Fox News so I can hear what. They, you know, what those rummies have to say. <laughs> it's that time. Oh, was that the gong? Oh, I was supposed to understand what that was all about. I get it. We went through this all last right. week. You did it perfectly last week. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Lots of fun coming up in the second hour here. Just killing time. See you then.
listening. You found Just Killing Time with John and Ed. Come on down! On Radio TFI. Join the conversation. You can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. If you are watching live, the comment section is open. From a payphone, call collect. Is not John Shannon. Uh, I am Ed Van S. Good morning. Welcome to the second hour of our of the festivities. Just killing time here on Radio TFI. 
I am your solo host today. The other guy has been fired. He doesn't know how to show up, when to show up. Timing is not his thing. Ladies and gentlemen, kids and kittens, it's John Shannon. See, you don't need me around here for that. I'm starting to learn that. I'm starting to do your thing. Tell the people, do you do your Well, whatever he said. <laughs> you know, you're really getting on my nerves with this not showing up on time. Oh well. <laughs> I, I I really don't know a polite way to say so. So yeah. <laughs> yeah apparently Apparently not uh not not a big thing actually being there on time. Uh before we go anywhere today, I wanna make note of the dog with the eyeglasses behind you. If you're watching us on the vi- on the big video player, John has moved his location in the ShalottaMakesMeLaugh.com studio and uh he's got a dog with glasses behind him. I'm not really sure what is going on there, but it's going on nonetheless. I, I I see an office set up that... Anyway, I've got a blank wall. I'm working on that. And... Uh... You know, I got clutter back here, and that's fine. That's yes. just, you know... Yeah, you do. I, I, I spend... I spend two hours of my life broadcasting to the tens of viewers mr and mrs america and all the ships at sea exactly (laughs) (laughs) so but we still have to live here so uh, you know it it is what it is it is what it is that's uh that's where you're sticking with that huh exactly that's my story and i'm sticking to it all right so before we get any further why don't you tell us about our guest coming up at uh i believe it's the end of the hour this is gonna be fun yeah that uh at uh, 45 minutes past the hour, uh, we're going to have uh, a someone I've come to know here. Never met him personally, which is the truth of a lot of people that I connect with. I mean, Ed and I have been doing this show for five years, and I've never seen him face to face. Nope. Uh, but no, a uh, gentleman by the name of Chris Tubbs. He's a uh, producer at uh, WCCO Radio. And he also uh, seems to, which fascinates me because he is about a generation, I'm assuming maybe uh, 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 at least a generation younger than I am. Oh, I don't but yet he, he, has, he likes uh, wrestling from the era from back in the 80s and, uh, and 90s. When uh, the local, the, the local promotion, wrestling promotion here, was the AWA, American Wrestling Association. Hey John, can can I make a uh, point something out to you? There's yeah. not a history professor alive today who was alive when history was created. That the stuff they're teaching. It's okay I to be don't. young, younger than the thing that you're. Uh, anyway. So Chris Tubbs is joining us. He's going to talk about yes. wrestling. Wrestling. Well, and uh, he has he has a very uh, he has a uh, a podcast that he does 
with uh, when it comes to local legends, when it to the knowledge of the uh, of the AWA and what happened. I mean, these guys were these guys were, if no other way to put it, but wrestling geeks. Wrestling, and they were they were there. Uh, they were there for a lot of it. That was he. So we host this podcast with gentlemen by the name of Mick Karch and George Shire. And um, I haven't approached either one of them yet to come on the show. I think I think at least Mick might at some point in time. All right. Well, but, uh, we'll be looking I, forward to that. But uh, I I wanted to get uh, Chris on first. Because I, I wanted, first off, I, I they, this podcast they put together, I don't spend a lot of time listening to other people's podcasts. I don't spend any time listening to this one once in the can. <laughs> I think I remember what I said. I don't need to, I don't need to rehash what I said, and I don't give a damn what you said, so. Well, with that. What do you say we get into the birthdays? <laughs> All right. Because because we have a truncated version uh, today, so we got to make sure we got plenty of room for Chris when he comes on. Uh, we've only got a few birthdays to talk about this uh, particular week. Uh, starting today, uh, starting today with uh, uh, all the infamous Bill Cosby, who will be eighty-five years old today. <laughs> That's it for that's it for the twelfth. Moving on to the thirteenth, where Patrick Stewart will be eighty-two. Little Star Trek next generation there. Make it so. Uh Harrison Ford will be 80 years old tomorrow. No, nothing. I got nothing. I got it. Oh, Harrison uh, Ford. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Harrison Ford has starred in more, more uh, sequels and sequels to sequels. Look, he's done four or five Indiana Jones. How many, how many Star Wars he, he was in? And, uh, man, oh, man. He, uh, and the man started out as a carpenter, believe it or not. Yeah, but you know what? With all those sequels he did, with you know, with uh, Indiana Jones and Star Wars and all that, you know what my two favorite Harrison Ford movies are? Uh, Air Force One. I, I love Air Force One. <laughs> Absolutely love what, Air Force One. Good what, guess, by the way. And what's the other one? And the other one is The Fugitive. Yeah, yeah, Fugitive was pretty good. So, my okay, moving on. My, my, my favorite line in that is uh, Tommy Lee Jones has them trapped. Uh, they're in the big sewer pipe just before Harrison Ford leaps off. And he says, but I'm innocent. And Tommy Lee Jones looks at him and says, 
I don't care. <laughs> Moving on. Exactly. Uh, on the 14th, Jane Lynch will be 62 years old. A very funny tall drink of water that woman is. Have you seen her on that uh, on that game show, The Weakest Link? I have. I have. I, I, I think she's very good on it. She's, she's very good at everything she does, to be quite honest. She's on uh, broad. She she's on Broadway right now in Funny Girl. Really, really, fantastic! And we had to wrap up birthdays here on the fifteenth with two of them. Uh, Linda Linda Ronstadt will be seventy six years old. She she will not. She'll always be twenty one. <laughs> oh, you wish. I do. Uh, Daily. <laughs> Ariana Huffington will be 72 years old. Oh, nobody, nobody cares. Pretty much. That's it for birthdays. Hold on a second, because we've added something new. We've added a close. We finally came up with, with a closer for for birthdays. Are you ready? Do about about freaking time. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. How about that, huh? That's the Celtic tenors, by the way. Thank you. I'd have never known that. I know that. All right. What do you say? Let's spark it up there. All right. Now, remember, you've got to give it gas when I tell you to, while also pulling on the thingamabob knob. Okay? Do we have this straight? Uh, well, I'll pull some knob. I don't I don't, I'll figure it out. Go ahead, twist it, turn it, spin the spinner, and call a shot. There we go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting installment of Professor Shannon's Wayback Machine. A look ahead to what's happened in the past. Here's your host, Professor John Shannon. All right. Well, we uh, again, we uh, starting out here with today, Sunday, the 10th, where in 1950, your hit parade premiered on eight NBC TV, later on CBS after being uh, broadcast on radio from 1935. You know, I looked and looked and looked and tried to find a theme song or something that would and the theme song, they really didn't have one. But I did learn something. A name I had heard and I was familiar with, but I had no idea what its significance was. Snooky Langston was on your hit parade. I didn't know. I mean, that was all before I was born. But uh, Snooky Langston. Okay. Okay. Was it before you were born? Yes. I want proof of that, but we'll get back to that later. Uh, <laughs> Dinosaurs were before I was born, too. Okay. <laughs> uh, in 1991, Boris Yeltsin is sworn in as the first elected president of the Russian Federation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on to 2012. Oh! Go ahead. Okay. Uh, on to 2012, where the American Episcopal Church becomes the first to approve... A right for blessing a gay marriage. Praise 
about him or her. There you go. Uh, moving on to the 11th, where Franklin Roosevelt announces that he will run for a fourth term as president of the United States. I'm not sure run was the correct word there. Oh! Well, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. That, but that brings up a good point. America never knew that he was... Uh, not really, was no. No. Do you think if it had been, if it had been widely known, we'd have elected a handicapped uh, president? I think in that day and age, probably not. I don't know. I think you're probably. I think you're probably right. All right, moving on to 1967, where the Newlywed Game premieres on U.S. TV on ABC. <laughs> Tell me where specifically is the weirdest place that you personally, girls, have ever gotten the urge to make whoopee? <laughs> In the <laughs> no, 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 don't. It's no, it's I'm not talking about is the weirdest location, the weirdest place. Location. Yeah. I don't know. Give me an answer, please. He said it was uh, in the car on the freeway. That's that's probably the most famous clip from the Newlywed Game. What's the strangest place you ever made Whoopi? In the butt, Bob. <laughs> oh, Bob Eubanks, still alive, shockingly. Yes, yes, yes. Lots of lots of fine wine preserving his body. Uh, Okay, moving on to 1969, where David Bowie releases the sig single Space Odyssey nine days before Apollo 11 lands on the moon. I originally wanted to just do a 15 or 20 second clip of that, and I couldn't find a good place to cut that. I hear you. All right. Moving on to uh, the 12th of July, where Mormon leader Joseph Smith says God allows polygamy 
Yeah, he does. On a on a unrelated no- note, in 1844, the population of the state of Nevada rose by threefold. All <laughs> now, men. Now, if that had, if that had been Utah, then we'd be on to something. <laughs> no, no. I, actually, you realize that Mormons were actually first uh, in Nevada. Eventually, ah, Utah. Ah, okay. You got me on that one. Moving on. And I only, and I only know that just because I lived in Nevada, so it's, it's neither here nor there. Uh, okay, moving on to uh, 1976, where the first. Family Feud game show debuts on, a, on ABC, hosted by the kissing bandit Richard Dawson. It's time to play the feud! Probably okay. one of, one of the most ear catching earworms. By the way, there is a version of that which we not only have in the vault, but it's in rotation. There is like an eight and a half minute version of that where they do different musical takes on the theme, and it, it, it comes up on the rotation in the on radio TFI in the music rotation. It's it's something, man. Okay, uh, moving on to the 13th, where the Hollywood sign is officially dedicated in the hills above Hollywood, Los Angeles. Uh-huh. It originally reads Hollywood Land, but the four letters, the four last letters are dropped after renovation in 1949. And do you know what Hollywood, what that, what the purpose of the sign was? To tell you the truth, no. It was put up by a real estate company. It was about real estate. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. I didn't know that. Thank and you. And I, I've been out. To, I've been out there. Never saw the Hollywood sign. Been to Vegas five times. I've never seen the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign. Not once. That's uh the the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign. Uh, sits about a quarter mile. South of um, the uh, Mandalay Bay property. Doesn't change the fact that I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I know where it is. I just haven't seen it. So it's on the south side of the strip. Thanks, basically. pal. Thanks. Moving on. You're welcome. I glad to help. Uh, in <laughs> 1985, uh, there are Live Aid concerts held at both Wembley Stadium. And John F. Kennedy Stadium raises over seventy million dollars for African famine relief. Now, what cities were those two stadiums in? Now, obviously, Wembley Stadium is in London, mm-hmm. and John F. Kennedy Stadium is in Washington D.C. Despite what the uh, script that I'm reading says, Philadelphia. And no, it was Philadelphia. Are you kidding me? You're thinking of Robert F. Kennedy Stadium. Oh, really? Really. 
I did not no, know. No, it was Philadelphia. It was most certainly was Philadelphia. It was, huh? It was. Yeah. I remember it. I, yeah, sure. So now, okay, John F. Kennedy Stadium, I don't ever remember the Eagles playing there. I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the Phillies ever playing there. Don't worry about it. Don't worry okay. about it. Let's move on. I will, take, I will take your word on it. Thank you. All right. Uh, moving on to the 14th, where in uh, 1798... The U.S. Sedition Act prohibits false and scandalous and malicious writing against the government. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not really sure what to think about that. I really, uh, I, I, I missed that when I looked down the list. So uh, we're, we're not going to get into a whole big discussion about it because that could take hours. Very appropriate, I might add. All right, uh, moving on to... Uh, 1969, where Easy Rider, directed by Dennis Hopper, starring himself, Peter Fonda, and Jack Nicholson, is released. First mention of the words heavy metal were in that song. That's what nineteen sixty nine. That song, that very song, "Born to Be Wild." That's where the term heavy metal came from. Great song. You know, to tell you the truth, I've never seen the movie from beginning to end. Well, you're missing something, sir. I will have to. One of these days, go check it out, I guess. Order the chicken salad sandwich. Well, there you go. All right, going on now to the 15th, where we got a couple here. Uh, in 1948, Alcoholic Anonymous is founded in Britain. It's, uh, it's a very important organization. Friend of Bill. F-O-B. Friend of Bill. Go. And in 1988... Die Hard, directed by John McTenneman. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Help me out. Do you know how it's pronounced? I, I'm not looking at it, so I'm 
Okay. I thought it was McTenement, but looking at that, that doesn't... McTierman, I think, actually, is how it's pronounced. Now, now, I'm going to tell you this much. We have a sound bite for this one. What do you think it is? yippee ki yippee ki motherfucker. yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> if, you know, if you don't remember, it was starring Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman. That's right, Rickman. And you know what? Watching that last night and pulling that clip out, I realized where Yippee-Ki-Yay, why he said it. In the first movie, Alan Rickman's character says to him uh, something about, uh, are you going to come get us? Calls him Mr. Cowboy. Right. And I had completely forgot about that, so. Yippee-Ki-Yay, motherfucker. All right. I think that's, is that it? That's it. All right. We can You can stop breathing the exhaust fumes. Stand back. Okay. Now, just just pull the Hoosigots when I tell you to pull the Hoosigots. Okay? Here we go. Pull it, John. Pull it. Ow! Son of a bitch. Oh, by the way, it's going to be hot. Yeah. No kidding. Oh, that was good. Last night's dinner. Oh, that uh, that took a while. That took much longer than it should have. Oh. All right, here's the part I've been waiting for. I know. And now, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to present the battle of the one-hit wonders. Here's your match official, John Shannon. All right. Well, we uh, we had a change at the top here last week. Yeah, uh, we did. As seasons in the sun finally uh, finally did its uh, swan song and flew off into the into the distance, if you will. So uh, we have uh, a fresh challenger here this week. So from 1969, here is Shocking Blue. current champion from 1981 this is tony basil champion and challenger for this week and are are you ready are you ready to rumble are you ready for your drum roll i am ready for my drum roll well start doing your thing 
And here we go. And your winner. And new Battle of the One Hit Wonders champion. It is Phoenix by Shocking Blue. Since John hasn't turned on his microphone yet, uh, I will say Oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell us all about that song. Once again, from 1969, that was Shocking Blue with Venus. Uh, numbers. Now, as far as numbers. The, the numbers involved, uh, Venus actually won quite handily in both uh, the uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. How is that possible? 64.7% of the vote. How? Mickey is such a, such a, and I even pushed a little today by playing the Weird Al version. Well, I, well, unfortunately by then, 
the you know the votes of ta- have I usually uh, close the voting at uh, around ten o'clock uh, mm. on Saturday. I've so heard. any push that you would have made uh, by uh, doing that song that probably got us kicked off Facebook, and I'll have about <laughs> two hours of. Uh, yeah, Facebook gets a little, they get a little testy whenever we do anything with the Weird Al. So, yeah, uh, well. But there are two, there are two guarantees. You listen to this and you listen to this show from beginning to end. You never get any interruption from, uh, from Twitter. Never gotten any issue whatsoever with Twitter. God bless them. God bless them. And, and also, you know what? There is always... RadioTFI.com. Yeah, it sure Radio is. And the RadioTFI uh, app. Uh, you know, you, the only thing you, you'll miss, you miss this beautiful mug here. I And I understand that can be traumatic. I, I, I do get that. <sighs> Moving on. So you just listen to the show. Moving on. Oh, jeez. Anyways, we do have a challenger established once again here now for next week this is uh i think i vaguely remember hearing this song remember this song this is from 1989 no and it is no vapor. what 19 what did i put there oh no it's 1980 i hit the wrong button is it 1980 oh okay well you know you and your happy fingers yeah anyways Okay, then, from 1980, this is The Vapor. We're challenging. I'm turning Japanese, I really think 
That was your challenger this week from 1980, Turning Japanese by The Vapors. I don't know if I if I had to if I had to handicap this uh, right now. I I think that eh, it's a catchy little tune. Might yeah. be a bit of an earworm. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I, I I don't think it has a snowball's chance in hell. I don't know. I, you know, I'm worried about these people because Mickey, well, Mickey managed the last one, you know, got one. And this, believe me, in 1980, you'd be bouncing off the walls to this song. You'd be about, uh, where do you, uh, this is going to win. This is going to win. But uh, against uh, Venus? Eh. Eh. I don't know. I just, I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Anyway, wrap it up. Wrap it up, pal. I know how much time I got. Just take a pill. I've taken my pills. I've taken my pills. I, I, I still truly believe in my heart of hearts. My heart of hearts. That when it, when it comes to music. Uh-huh. As soon as they fired up MTV, that all of a sudden record companies were no longer interested in making good music. They were interested in making videos. Record companies uh, were interested in making money, which is why songs were generally under three minutes. Okay. Yeah, when, I'll, I'll when, give you that. When American Pie came out, radio stations were going bonkers out of their minds. How do we play this? This is eating up two and a half songs worth. So, uh, so save, save your, save your little, uh, by the way, is, is, uh, is our guest coming via phone or StreamYard? Coming by StreamYard. Oh boy. Oh boy. And, uh, I can promise you I will step out of the way. Well, yeah, like, you don't have, if you have a question, feel free to. I have a question. Do I have to stay? Uh, 
Well, you know, the, the, the first answer that comes to mind is don't let the door hit you in the ass. But yeah, well, you know. That's, I wouldn't uh, do that to you because I'm a nice guy. Yeah, but you're, you're thinking about it, though. You're oh, thinking man, about thought, it. Thought crossed my mind. What can I say? You know. It wouldn't be me. If the thought didn't at least cross my mind, I would not be me. So. <sighs> if that's... Uh... If that's how you're going about it, then you know, then 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 what can I say? What can I say? I'm uh, and remember, what do you do when you hear the gong? I mean, what the hell are you doing that for? Yeah. <laughs> remember that that's your one minute cue. All right, so okay. it's a shame we have to do this on air since we did it last week. You did it beautifully last week. You knew it instinctively. It was it the gong last week? It I was the gong. The no, it oh, was... I, I don't. I don't remember. Man, I don't you remember. know, I have I, since since done filed that. I up hope. In the, I hope when I get to be your age. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I'm able to, you know, not uh, not be as goofball. Actually, oh, I have no. I have one question for our guest. Just one question, okay. and uh, I'm not going to ask it now because it's not for you. You, I already oh. know the answer. You know, you've answered this question for me before. So, so. meanwhile, while we're waiting for uh, for Chris to uh, let's play. Now we're not going to do that. Thank you. Uh, while we're waiting for Chris to join us here, uh, you can join. You can jump in if you'd like to uh, talk to him about uh, the podcast that he does along with uh, uh, Mick and George. It's called uh, AWA Unleashed, and uh, I, hey, I think it's very informative. Again, it's for a very directed mark, a very directed group of people. Wrestling. Not everybody's a wrestling fan. Wrestling. Not everybody is a fan of wrestling. Some of the people that we will probably mention in this uh, segment, you'll you'll say, "Who the hell was that?" Wrestling. Okay, you've made your point with that. Okay. Have I though? Yes. Have I though? You really have. You motherfucker. That too. <laughs> I've got new toys. Are you kidding me? I, I am so happy for you. You you should be. You should be. Well, what are we doing right now, John? If you had to put a well, phrase on what we're doing right now, what would you say we're doing? I would I would call it just killing time. Hey, there you go. That's uh Why didn't we think of a show like that, huh? You know what? It's a fabulous title for the second part of an of a show. I think we're really, uh, really is. All right, so, so John has cheated once again on the uh, on the uh, the music thing here, the one hit wonder thing, because clearly Mickey Mickey should have won. That is one of the most upbeat, positive numbers. It's a beautiful song, and uh, it's got a great beat, and it's easy to dance to. And and yet John cheats. By by rigging the numbers, 
And I, you I know, need you, I need my people out there. You sound like somebody else uh, that uh, I know, that we both know. You, you sound like somebody that uh, who basically says, "If I lose, this it was is rigged. rigged." Sure, sure. I, 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 I can't speak for him, but clearly, clearly, it sounds familiar. We've had some, we've had some some fantastic uh, songs here. Jenny, how the hell did eight six seven five three zero nine Jerry, Jenny, lose? Uh, this this Muhammad Ali thing won. Uh, you know, tub thumping. I can kind of see tub thumping, but uh, but and guess who has joined us here? So we're gonna uh, uh without further delay. Hey, welcome aboard! Excuse me, welcome aboard, Chris Tubbs. Hey, welcome hey. to me. Thank you guys for uh, having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. I figured I was going to go through a mic check, and it's like, poof, good thing I'm, uh, good thing I'm presentable somewhat. Hey, yeah, me, me too. There you go, buddy. Oh, oh, is that what that shirt says? Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm Ed. Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks I'm fine. You I I have one question, and I'm going to leave you guys to talk about wrestling. I'll be here, but off screen. I have one question. Gotcha. Are you familiar with Bobo Brazil? Yes, yes, I am okay. familiar with Bobo. Here, here is my my connection to wrestling. I went okay. to I went to school with his son. Really? Really? Oh wow, that's cool. He was twelve years he was twelve years old and six foot tall. No joke. Oh man, I the the genetics in some of these people it's <laughs> it's amazing. They, you know, the McMahons call themselves like the royal family of wrestling, but you look, I mean, there, there are so many families that can, that can make that claim, including <laughs> the ones that we've got here that, I mean, there are several families that we've got in Minneapolis that can claim that. <laughs> well, anyway, that's, that's my connection to wrestling, but that's I'm going to, awesome. I'm going to leave you two guys to it. I'll be here. If anything pops in my head, I'll pop back in. Thanks for joining us. Hey, you got it, man. Anytime. All right, God, I, we have matching shirts, and uh, I love it. I love it. So you got to tell me first. I, I got to ask you, and with your interest in the AWA, which for those who are not familiar is known as the American Wrestling Association, uh, it was here when I arrived to this state in 1972, uh, and, and here and going strong, as a matter of fact. And I've been a fan ever since. But um, I got to ask you, you're you're a, a few years younger than me. Uh, how did you get yourself uh, involved specifically and with uh, the uh, the like of AWA wrestling? Well, I mean, I, I grew up in southwestern Minnesota and I'm 47. So really, I, I started to get into wrestling in the mid mid to late 80s. And I, I knew of the WWF. I knew of the NWA. Um, but I, I knew there was this promotion in Minneapolis called the American Wrestling Association. And I was a fan of it not because it was based out of the cities. But then as I got older and I, I realized, I'm like, I didn't even see like the heydays. Like a lot of these big time names in Minneapolis 
were not even like they these names were in Minneapolis and then they went to WWF and I'm like, well, if they're big in WWF, then what did they do here? And that's when I started to, to go back and look and I'm like, all of these names from, you know, Crusher and Bruiser to Nick Bockwinkle to Bobby Heenan, you know, to, you know, Hulk Hogan, all of these names. And you go back in the, the, the high flight, there are just so many different uh, people that I never saw. And I really wanted to do the history of it. And I, I just, and that's where it just kind of got me. That's where it kind of hooked me. I, I, I got to tell you now, um, I wound I was one of these kids that we'd wind up riding our bikes from the west side of St. Paul over to the Civic Center mm-hmm. every time that there was a, uh, a match there. Uh, it, it was great. I've seen some of the some of the uh, people talk about, you know, the, the day that uh, one of the things they talk about is the day that uh, Jerry Blackwell turned face when he uh, won the Battle Royal. The Battle Royal, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I never got to see any of the uh, – I didn't get to see the super cards there when uh, Hulk Hogan uh, was – matter of fact, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever seen – Hulk Hogan live in the AWA. I did see him uh, WWF once uh, mm-hmm. when they were they were doing a card at the Met Center, but I've never really saw Hulk Hogan. But you know, I go back to uh, you know when Ganya uh, Ganya was still champion when uh, when I moved up here. I I believe I were one of the first TV or one of the first matches I saw on TV was a mat uh, where um, superstar Billy Graham came in and interrupted Wahoo McDaniel as he was getting a oh. he was being presented a portrait or something to that yep, effect. Yep, or, yep. I remember the and for me I get to see all of these old clips on uh what's now Peacock used to be WWE network and YouTube and and so yeah, I, I didn't see a lot of that either and I just I feel like there's a lot of wrestling history and a lot of, of you know, because I, I don't hate the product today. People, are, I don't like it now. It's just different. You know, it, it doesn't it it doesn't make it worse. It just makes it different, and that's and that's okay. But I enjoy going back and looking at it when it was portrayed as a little more real. You know, more physical. You know, people, you really got caught in that in that disbelief in what was really going on in front of you, and I think that's what makes that era of wrestling and the history of the AWA and a lot of the promotions out there. I think that's what makes it so fun to go back and try and tell these stories. Now that we're kind of in that breaking kayfabe era, you can really get to know the stories behind the scenes because that's really what a lot of people want to know about now. Now, do you remember the first match you uh, went to? (laughs) You know, the, the funny thing was, the first AWA match I went to was actually in the dying days of it, and that was at the uh, gymnasium at Southwest uh, Southwest State, Southwest Minnesota State Marshall, or whatever they're calling it now, uh, where it was like the destruction crew of uh, Wayne Bloom and Mike Enos against the Texas Hangman. Um, I think it, I mean it was just it wasn't what it once was. Um, so I, I feel like I kind of missed out. On yes. A lot. I feel like I missed out and I want to go back. And I know there are people like me that, you know, we didn't get a chance to 
really experience what those days were like. So I I want to try and do what I can to to really bring that to the forefront. And and I mean I I'm just a historian. I just I, I like wrestling. When wrestling's done right, there's like no better form of entertainment. And I and, totally I, and I, I will I will die on that hill. Exactly. Totally agree. So how did you ever get hooked up? But now these guys, in my opinion, are, are <laughs> walking encyclopedias yeah. when it comes to professional wrestling. I'm talking about Mick Karch and George Shire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've met Mick a few times. I, I wound up meeting George for the first time a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I tell you something. I thought I knew a little bit about the history of wrestling. George Shire, I'm telling you, he I, I, it's like, go away, son, you bother me, because he, he is just that good. He knows way too much. I'm like, who knows that much about a card in Racine, Wisconsin on August 9th, 1954, that was three o'clock at the American Legion. And, it, you know, I mean, he is he can he can break down anything. It's. I've never known somebody to know so much about one genre of professional wrestling. It, it is absolutely amazing. Um, it and it's, it, and it's funny by, by happenstance got connected with George, uh, cause I work at WCCO radio as well. And I was working with Henry Lake one night and we were talking about the pet, the passing of Ed Asner. And, uh, and I, a lot of the things that we were talking about, all of a sudden, I, I've got the text lineup, and this is like, hey, this is George Shire. If you remember, he was in The Wrestler. Like, no, that can't be like that George Shire. And I'm like, really, George? You know, I'm kind of, I didn't know if I was being trolled. Lo and behold, it was George Shire. I'm like, I instantly, tell anybody, but I put the number in my phone right away. Uh, <laughs> just so I had, just between, just between you and me and, and everybody that's listening. Because uh, I, I had this idea that I wanted I did. I, I didn't. I knew where I wanted to go, but even me, I, I, I mean, I was a little intimidated because it, I mean, it's George Shire. He's a he's a historian of the AWA, and then I, I tell this to Mick too. But it's honestly, when I was growing up in southwestern Minnesota, when I saw the AWA, they were at the Showboat in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Who was the announcer at that time? I by the name of Mick Karch. Oh yes, he was on ESPN. ESPN was a big deal. Wrestling was a big deal. I always wanted to talk about wrestling. I wanted to be in broadcasting when I was a kid. So I saw this guy and I'm like, that's, I, I want to be like that guy. And I mean, I, I was, I was nervous to reach out to Mick because I mean, as they say in the business, you know, I, I was a mark for Mick Karch. I mean, I just, I loved everything about him and his presentation and the way that, you know, he, he broadcasted. So when I came up with this idea, I'm like, well, I first was texting with George and it was, you know, he was on board and then I approached Mick and to my surprise, he was just very approachable, very down to earth. And, and not that he wouldn't be, but sometimes when you're a fan of somebody and you just don't know what they're going to be like, uh, I, Mick is just one of the nicest, most genuine down to earth people, um, got a great mind for the business just a really good dude george is a good dude and i was like hey you know i'm just a guy i want to find out about the awa would you guys be interested in 
you know, kind of coming along and they let me come up with the concept. I pitched it to them and here we are. And I mean, they've been friends for 50 years and I'm just kind of the guy that's just kind of like working my way in. So, you're the so, runner. Yeah. You're that's, the runner that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. I, you know, I hit record and I get out of the way because ultimately at the end of the day, T-F-I. I, I don't, I don't have the stories. I don't have the background. I don't have the experience. It's Mick and George. They're the ones that tell the stories. And to me, I just want to get it in the right direction where everybody's going to enjoy it. But I mean, they're, they're the show. Mick and George are, are the show. Well, I, I tell you, it is, uh, unfortunately, I'm running against the clock here a little bit. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting dirty looks from the other, the other guy in the circle here. I get but, it. Uh, <laughs> but we got to, <laughs> but listen, we got to do this again sometime when we have a little bit more time. So, uh, Chris Tubbs, thank you for joining us here. No, you got any, any time and sorry for monopolizing. Sorry to, sorry to run heavy, as they say. <laughs> we'll see bring you. it home, bring it home. No, that's not right. what I meant. I meant keep going. Oh, <laughs> keep no, going. Okay, keep hey, going. Well, hell, you got about another hour. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. Here, I thought I thought we'd have to bring it home. I thought uh, TV timer. You know how they're like, you know, thirty minutes left or TV time remaining, and then it's like one, two, and eight, you know, and then it's yeah, this is where Wally Carbo steps in and says this match must continue. Match John, check continue. your yes. check your phone. Check my phone. Check your phone. Uh-oh. Why would I want to check my phone? Oh, okay. One minute goes as long as you like. Okay, I get it. I see. I get involved in a conversation. I don't let look at my damn phone. But uh, <laughs> that's, 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 that's that's okay. That's okay. I mean, if if I'm sitting here and I'm like, uh huh, yeah, that's 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 uh, exactly. No, um. Any, anyways, though, this, the show you guys have put together, it's called AWA Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tell you, it's, I, I have to actually catch up with it because I don't, it's, it's like I'm listening to it while I'm in my car taking passengers and whatnot. Yeah. And it's always been my luck is that I'm trying to listen and all of a sudden I'll get a talkative passenger. And I want to. I want to be so. Oh, 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 oh! Just could you please tone it down a little bit? <laughs> and I, so, uh, so I wind up having to to, to catch up. But I, I've uh, I, I've really enjoyed it so far. I I too like Mick. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Dick Bockwinkle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to I got to shake his hand one time. Actually, ironically, in Kansas City, he was. Uh, uh, I was in, in Kansas City. They were still doing uh, cards at uh, Memorial Hall in Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually where I cut my teeth on, on wrestling. I got to meet. Uh, I got to meet Harley Race. Um, there is a la- There was a lady wrestler. I don't. I have no idea if she's alive still. Her name is Betty Nikolai. She's the one. I, I couldn't have been any more than about a seven or eight year old kid. Walking around, and she saw me. She bought me a Coke and a hot dog. She took me backstage. I got to meet Harley Race. Shook his hand, whatnot. And I remember that night. I was sitting it. I was sitting at ringside while Harley Race was in the ring with Baron von Raschke. Wow. wow. 
And at the time race was wearing, he was allegedly wearing a loaded glove. And that was my big thing. All of a sudden I'm watching Von Raschke take this, take, take this glove off, tear this glove off. I was, I couldn't believe I was jumping out of my seat. I couldn't, you know, it was fantastic. Yeah. Here it was just an hour earlier. I was backstage with Harley race and one of the nicest guys you ever, yeah you ever want to talk to and uh, didn't mind that this seven, you know, this seven year old kid was back there bugging him and stuff like that. And, and I, I absolutely, uh, like I said, I haven't heard any on the status of Betty Nikolai. Somebody told me not too long ago that she wasn't in the greatest of health. Yeah. I, I was just looking and it looks like she is still, it looks like she's still with us. Uh, that's what I'm, yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing right here. That's what I was actually She's, uh, she's 70, 78 years young. Woo. Well, she's not that far ahead of me here. I'm looking on the horizon of 60 years. <laughs> oh, well, you look good. You look good. Uh, I mean, wrestling is, it's, it's really, it's, it's interesting that you say that, that, you know, Harley race didn't have a problem with you as a kid because you, you hear, and I'm hearing these stories from Mick and George where it's like, you know, you have some of these adults that would try and test some of these wrestlers. And ultimately, you know, these these fake tough guys, they get punked out by uh, by the wrestlers. But to, to have a guy like Harley Race be so welcoming to a, a seven year old at the time. I mean, you just you think about that and how that sticks with you all these years later. Just something that was so probably so minor to him. Just it, it it sticks with you and it means so much to you yeah, exactly. down the road. I mean, you're you're never going to forget that as a kid, as a seven year old boy. That's still with you as a grown man. You know, and I've had other interactions. Uh, uh, I remember going to an amateur uh, deal in uh, some junior middle school in St. Paul. Uh, Larry Hennig was there. Brad Rangins was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Belly just out of nowhere. Uh, uh, Larry had it come up, walked up to me and belly bumped with me. I he didn't know me. I didn't know him. Uh, uh, Kurt Henning, you want to yeah. talk, you want to talk about royalty in this area, wrestling mm-hmm. royalty. You got to go to the headings. I tell you, I yeah. was lucky enough to have a beer with Kurt Henning at the 620 club in St. Paul, Minnesota on West 7th street. Uh, I sat and had a beer, talked to him. I was not a fan of of Scott Hall. I'm not going to talk ill, Ill talk about the uh, the past here, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't a big fan of his. But I was definitely a fan of Kurt Hennig, and uh, the whole he was definitely when he moved to WW, WWF, he was definitely Mister Perfect. Couldn't have thought of a better moniker for him. No, and. and- I think that's one thing that really makes some of the people that are from this area special is because they were always out and about. And, and you know, you say the Kurt Henning thing. I mean, Mick and George, tell, they tell stories about how Kurt, he wouldn't forget where he was from. They'd see him out and about and he'd be out with his wife and, you know, he'd be out with his son and out with his daughter and yeah, you, you you talk about a royal family. I mean, yeah, people talk about the the Ganyas, but you've got Larry, um, you've got Kurt, 
and you've got Joe, which I, I mean, and his daughter was a wrestler for a little bit too. But mm-hmm. I mean, you you've got three generations who were all very very successful and and good, and and genuinely nice people to boot. Has it, has anybody speculated why? Uh, Joe hasn't gotten a little better push in WWF, WWE, excuse me. I, I can't, I can't figure it out. Um, because they never, they kind of pseudo played off of the, the last name with the Curtis Axel and paired him with Paul Heyman. Then he did the Axelmania thing. And, and I mean, now he's just, he's an agent for them. He's a producer for them. But yeah, how the, the B team with another second generation wrestler. In, you know, Bo Dallas, who's, you know, Mike Rotunda's son. Um, I think Taylor Rotunda is, is his name. And you're like, why can you not figure out a way to do something with these guys who are so incredibly talented that could be adding so much more to your roster? And I think that's part of the frustration with the current product is you see all of these very talented individuals that are either being you know, written for in really goofy or silly ways, or they're just not being used at all. They're not being utilized. And, and I think that's what, when we talk, that was never a thing back in, you know, the height of the AWA. I mean, nothing like that ever existed. It was just about what was going on in the ring, what was going on in front of the camera, what was going on in front of the crowds. And it was to that, that to me is just, it's just a nice, refreshing part of wrestling. Well, it was enough entertainment. We were entertained by what was going on in the ring and what was going on with the interviews and what have you that we didn't need to, we didn't need to know about their backstories and what have you. We no, just, nobody, nobody, nobody cared. And, and the thing is like, we have, we have access to all this information, but is it really a good thing? Like you have people that have access to things that they're using terms and they're they're talking like and I I come at this from a fan's perspective. I mean I'm I'm trained. I've wrestled. I've I've done it. But at the end of the day, like I'm a fan, and I feel like so many people nowadays want to make themselves a part of the business by throwing out these terms or trying to maybe overstep overstep their bounds, and it's like. Can we not just sit back and enjoy it for what it is instead of trying to break down everything analytically and tear everything down? Let's let's live in an area of positivity. And it's so hard because so many people want to be the hot take. Guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me ask you one last thing and then I will let you uh, let you get going. Do you have oh, any take whatsoever on this scandal with uh, McMahon? Uh, it's, it's sad for the WWE, but at the same time, I think you have to look at this in the totality. I, I, I know WWE has come out and said that our company cannot survive if Vince McMahon is not the head of it. I disagree. I, I, I feel like WWE is a strong enough brand and you've got, you can put the proper people in place if you want. Have you ever seen the movie, the uh, show Succession? I can't say that I have. Oh man, it's it, this is like a real life Succession, where uh, Logan Roy is like the patriarch of this 
big media conglomerate and he gets taken down in a scandal. Well, and then he's trying to, you know, ask his kids to save him and his son-in-law to save him. And it's like, it's almost like verbatim what's going on. But with, it's, it's so, so eerie. But at the end of the day, I, I think the difference between this and 94 was that 94, they were not a publicly traded company. So the steroid scandal, you know, Vince was able to get through that. With this, I, I don't know if there's any sort of a clause. I've heard that there is. I haven't seen it. I mean, obviously, I'm not a lawyer. But I've heard that there could be a clause in his, his, his contract that could cause him to lose control of the company. And then it's like, where does it go? I, I think, number one, I think people want to have a better product to consume, whether it's on TV, it's in person. And I told this to my wife, WWE Creative works for one person, and that's Vince McMahon. It doesn't matter what you and I and the fans find entertaining. If you're writing to a 76-year-old man who, at times it appears, is out of touch creatively, then guess what? The product's never going to get better. Um, I think that the WWE has to investigate this. They have to have some independent, uh, an independent investigation. And, I mean, $16 million of hush money over 12 years. You don't pay that to somebody if you're innocent. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I, I feel like at the end of the day, something has got to be done because each, WWE needs to go in a different direction because they might be making a lot of money, but I don't feel like the money that they're making is not because of the quality of the product. So, right, exactly. And, and the reputation, the people that are still out there cheering Vince McMahon, I'm I'm sorry. I, I can't get behind that. I can't get behind supporting somebody like Vince McMahon. I just can't. Well, what I, what I see a lot of it is, is I see a lot of hypocrisy in it because yeah. I remember, you know, back in the attitude era when you had where they were promoting uh, these different uh, uh, ladies. Uh, I don't want to call them divas. I, I, I won't go there, but they were a lot of the lady wrestlers at the time they were promoting them appearing in Playboy and whatnot and, and yeah. since then even heaven you know if it winds up they wind up getting hacked and some picture winds up floating around on the internet they're admonished by wwe and by vince mcmahon and i'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself how hypocritical is that oh it, it, it's it's extremely hypocritical and you know, the thing about that is like they were catering and and that was when i was you know at 20 what 23 year old man so I mean I was the demographic that they were shooting for in the attitude era exactly. uh, but to me that was all in front of the camera like th- this is this is who Vince McMahon really is as an individual like I mean we we see all you know Sable and Sonny and and, and I mean Kat, I'm losing some of the name because so many of them came and went but this is a real life situation I mean this is a, a person who has done bad things who I feel somehow needs to be held responsible. And there, there's got to be something going down, John. There, there just, there has to be something coming down for Vince McMahon. There has to be. Is it going to stop you from watching the product? I got to be honest. I record SmackDown and Raw, but I very, 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 very rarely watch them. I, I, I can't, to me, I feel like my time is better spent doing other things because I get so frustrated by watching it, saying it's so ridiculously over the top. And I know that they're catering to children, but I feel like at the same time, 
you can you can present your performers and the wrestlers in a better light that's going to that, that that's going to appeal to a broader audience because you might appeal to the kids, but at the same time you're losing some of that older audience, and I feel you got to find that happy medium. Absolutely, Chris Tubbs. I I want to thank you so much for for joining joining us here, joining me here. Uh, this has been fun. It's been educational, and uh, I'll be I'll be uh, tuning into you guys again. It's uh, AWA Unleashed. That's right, baby, uh, and I. And I, w- I want to thank you, John, for the support because you have been one of our biggest supporters since day one. I mean, you're you're commenting, you're sharing. I mean, you you, you got the T-shirt, and I, I appreciate people taking an interest in what we're doing because if it wasn't for the feedback, we wouldn't be doing it. So, um, I'm I'm just a guy. I mean, like you and your support, and that's what makes it possible. And I'm not just you know blowing smoke. It's like if if we would have gone out there and nobody would have watched it or listened, this would have been dead in the water after a couple of weeks. So I want to I want to thank you for supporting me because I'm I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. Well, you guys are doing a hell of a job. So, all right. Thank what you do guys. you say here? Take care. Thanks, Chris. You got it, guys. Anytime. Enjoy the show. Good stuff. Thank, thank you. you. Got it. All right. What do you say here? You ready to tie put a bow on this and and send it away? Or you have any final thoughts here? Nope. Well, got to, got my answer on that. All right. Well, thank you for joining us here on the Taxi Stand Hour of Just Killing Time segment. Uh, for that guy over there, you son of a bitch, you did it to me, didn't you? <laughs> That guy at Van Ness. I'm John Shannon. And I got the money. Yes, Slim! The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests do not necessarily state or reflect those of the company and its management. Furthermore, the assumptions, views, opinions, and insinuations made by the host and guests do not reflect those of the show, the management, and the network. In addition, all copyrighted material is used without permission and will be removed with notification from the rightful owners or their agent. So there. Radio TFI.